Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushford and Kirk Cosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for November the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide and absolutely the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Hope you had an absolutely fantastic God family country filled weekend. On Saturday, we were live. We are live six days a week. One of the very few talk shows to do that on the Sabbath. We rest. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, our websites. Check it out. And I might add, uh, on Saturday, we had the good Sheriff Richard Mack with me for two hours. And we talked about the Department of Justice confirms that the 2019 investigation into Hunter Biden and Associates are still active. Now, think about that. Let me say that again. The Department of Justice confirms that the 2019 investigation into the Hunter Biden and Associates scandal still active. So it's been active for well over a year, folks. And when President Trump tries to bring it up in the debates, the moderator shuts down President Trump. Can you imagine that with an ongoing scandal investigation that the moderator is not even going to let President Trump bring it up and talk about it? Trump should have said the Department of Justice still finds it an active investigation, Chris Wallace. Why are you shutting me down when I try to bring up this active investigation and ask Joe about Hunter's involvement? And why did all the details, if they've been investigating this thing since 2019, why did all the details come out after the debates, right before the election, when there's, well, not much time to do anything about it? A lot of folks have already voted. People are wanting to change their votes. Now, believe it or not, the the RNC now says 60% of attendees of Trump's Minnesota rally were not even Republicans. So, folks, things are changing fast, but why that big scandal? I don't know if you know, but big tech, the single greatest threat to free speech in America, according to Tony Perkins, Family Research Council. Tony Perkins and crew do a radio program on this network called Washington Watch. Phenomenal show. Nearly half of university students are okay with censoring speech, says a new poll. The censorship army just got bigger, folks. Right? Christian speaker, guy's name is Lance Wallnow. He prophesied a win for Donald Trump back in 2016. He sees President Trump winning a second term, but believes that the Supreme Court will likely play a decisive role in the outcome. Lance says, I think God is playing chess. Wow. Electoral College, by the way, chooses the president, folks. How will that play into things? What if, again, we have Biden win the popular vote, Donald win the Electoral College, and then the debate goes on and rages in the courts like it did for the George Bush hanging Chad scenario? We also got to talk about the fact that historic levels of early voting will ensure there will be a lot of ballots to count, folks. 
They say an official count could take weeks, and we probably won't have numbers Tuesday night. Time will tell. We also talked about deported parents decline to be reunited with their children. So when they told you Donald Trump is separating parents and kids, now these parents are, well, saying they don't need to be reunited with their kids. And it could be one of two things. It could be they weren't their kids in the first place, criminal gangs and enterprises and coyotes and bringing these kids over. So they're like, well, we don't need to reunite with that kid. We already got our money. We're gone. Forget it, kid. That could be one scenario. The other scenario is it could be love and kindness of the parents that say, you know what, even though I'm not going to be with my child, I want to give them a better life. The sad part is it's about impossible to know the truth. Kurt, you wanted to chime in? Well, I just lost you and had to reconnect. So All right. That, anyway, that so that's hour Sorry. one. Hour two, Donald Trump tweet. Quote, can I change my vote, Donald asks, and then tweets at a rally. And the answer is yes, you can. In most states, you can actually change your vote. Did you know that? World Net Daily with the details on that one. We also talked about Utah County election officials will text voters to avoid large lines at the polling locations. So, Kurt, if you're going to vote in person tomorrow, you're probably going to have to wait for their text to tell you when you're allowed to come, buddy. Chuck Baldwin writes an incredible column, quote, I repeat, America's problems are not political. In other words, America's problems are spiritual, not political, says Chuck Baldwin. And boy, is he right about that reality check. The media officially becomes the communication arm for Joe Biden. Yeah, that's right. The assault on Christians, sadly happening now. National Public Radio, NPR, you and I pay the taxes to fund that sucker. But they define the Hunter Biden news stories. Nothing but a waste of time. The U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Texas election officials can reject mail-in ballots with mismatched signatures without even letting the vote res- uh, <clears throat> the voter. So they can just literally say, ah, your signature doesn't look good, and, you know, jettison the ballot and not even tell the voter. What that means is they can just get rid of ballots for any reason they want to, huh? Because what are you going to do? How are you going to know? How are you going to bring up, oh, my ballot wasn't fair, mine was correct? How are you going to bring that up if you don't know, right? So really a license to destroy ballots at will has been granted by the courts. The U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeal in Texas. Look out for vote fraud, folks. Censoring worship but not violence, writes Matthew Staver of Liberty Council. Boy, is he bringing up a sad truism in the anti-Christian mode of modern society, huh? We also talked about Jonathan Kahn calls for a national day of prayer and fasting on November 3rd for America. Amen, do I agree with him on that fact. All right, whacked out Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer vetoes a bill targeting voter fraud. What does that mean? She's for voter fraud? What's up with that? Documents show Hunter Biden's signature on Delaware Computer Shop bill. Yeah. That's FBI saying this. They had communications with the shop owner, and they're saying, hey, it is Hunter's signature. Again, why don't we have people in jail? Why can't Trump bring this up in the debates if you've literally got the, oh, it came out too late. How did all that happen when the FBI's had this thing since 2019, folks, for well over a year? You think they're just discovering this magically days before the election? I guess a girl got officially charged with a felony because she 
pointed a finger gun at a classmate. <clears throat> Ron Paul, listen carefully to this, folks. The coming lockdowns aren't funny. Boy, do I agree with him on that fact. Also, Utah State Prison under COVID, or I'm sorry, let me say this over. Utah State Prison under code red lockdown due to potential COVID-19 outbreak. Now, I find this funny. I guess the folks in prison are finally getting locked down because of the corona. What? Isn't prison like lockdown in the first place? Oh, it's more of a lockdown because of the COVID. I mean, it's crazy. State of Utah issues cell phone emergency alert about COVID-19 Friday afternoon. I've never had them issue a take-over-your-phone absolute all-out emergency because of the COVID before. Have you? It's getting worse, folks, not better. And there you have it. That's a recap of Saturday's broadcast with a good sheriff, Richard Mack. News that Network's refused to use starts now. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You are very welcome, sir, and our buddy with Campaign for Liberty, Lowell Nelson. Welcome, sir. Thank you, uh, gentlemen. Good to be with you. That's a recap of the hard-hitting news that the networks refuse to use. A lot of stuff being covered, and we got more of the same today. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Let's kick it off with an incredible article written about Ron Paul. Dr. Ron Paul, former congressman, presidential candidate, and a whole lot more, no doubt, a modern-day uh, George Washington-type patriot, to say the least. And Lou Rockwell writes an incredible column, Lowell Has the Details. Uh, Ron recently released a book, his latest. The, uh, it's entitled The End of Unearned Opulence. The End of Unearned Opulence. Now, Lou acknowledges the crisis in which we are living, the state coronavirus epidemic, the overblown response by governments around the globe, the urban violence, and so forth, and then, and their detrimental impact on liberty, and then says that we, and I agree with him on this, Sam, Lou says we are truly fortunate that Dr. Ron Paul, our greatest living American, has provided a masterful diagnosis and offers us hope for a cure, if only we will listen. End of quote, which, which kind of reminds me of what you always uh, say when you open the radio program, if we will, you know, we have the blueprint for liberty, if we'll just follow it. You know, right? I mean, that's what you, you say all the time, and I believe that. Um, Lou writes that, you know, well, he, he's writing about the book Ron wrote. And so um, Ron writes about the Faustian bargain that Nixon imposed on the American people when he shut the gold window in 1971, which has given us 50 years, almost 50 years of this fake prosperity. And now, he writes, the bill from the devil is coming due. So what is Ron's message for us, Lou asked? He says, quote, the opulence of great wealth has been exposed. The grave danger we now face can no longer be denied. What we are witnessing today is what happens to a society when counterfeit wealth dissipates. And a Ponzi scheme mentally, uh, mentality which existed for decades allows for constant pyramiding of debt as part of our fiat monetary Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Paul's latest book rolls in like a freight train of truth, baby. More in seconds on your radio with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. 
After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. LouRockwell.com, an incredible column written by Lou about Ron Paul. Incredible patriot, ladies and gentlemen, and his latest book, really trashing the fiat money system that has generated the majority of the problems we face in America today, Lowell. He, he, he addresses this most important crisis, uh, and, and, and as I mentioned it, I think to myself, Sam, not a one in a thousand people would be able to diagnose the problem we have, you know, a thousand people hacking at the branches and only one hacking at the roots of the problem. And that's what Ron Paul is doing right here is hacking at the root of the problem. And the root of the problem really is our, our thirst for war, believe it or not, because once you have this thirst for war, then you, and you have a printing press that can print money, such as the Federal Reserve System, then you can destroy the liberties of the people. I, mean, I, 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 have, I would love to go through this book in detail. Obviously, we don't have time to do that, but I wanted to give you a taste of what, what, what the marvelous gems and treasures are in this book. For instance, he, Lou asked, or Ron asked, you know, why do people permit this crazy fiat monetary policy to persist? Well, he says, the government deludes us with crusades against imaginary enemies. Uh, this is the Russians in the Cold War, the Muslims in the War on Terror, right? These boogeymen that are out there in order to gain more control over us. First and foremost, Ron is a critic of the warfare state. He, now, he's not a pacifist. He, you know, he believes in the right to self-defense, but he does not believe in the initiation of violence, whether by private criminals or by the state, which is, of course, the public criminal. And this is where the mainstream press warmongering hawks <clears throat> on both sides of the aisle attack Ron Paul. 
what they often say is, oh, you just want to be an isolationist. Oh, you just, you're so, uh, you know, peace-loving that you'd have us destroyed in a second. You don't care about, you know, defending our troops. You And they lie, lie, lie. Now, Ron Paul is for absolute necessary defense. In fact, when the space program was being dis- um, discussed, uh, and Ron Paul basically said, hey, the only reason we really need a space program that makes sense for is for space national defense. Uh, and so he was for defense completely, and he is for the proper role of limited government and proper defense for the nation. He's just not for warmongering. He's not for waging war. He's not for um, chasing down folks in their own lands. He's not for foreign intervention. He's not for foreign aid and foreign funding. He's not for meddling in the affairs of others. And if you really study Ron Paul's uh, understanding of, of war and peace, uh, really it's as George Washington as it gets. It's as, it's as uh, in my opinion, proper role of government as it can possibly become, Lowell. And I think that's the critical point to understand. Yes, one of his greatest contributions to the cause of liberty was his insertion into public dialogue of the word non-intervention. You know, we didn't hear this word much in foreign policy discussions before 2007, which is when he brought it to the stage. He would talk about non-intervention, a non-interventionist foreign policy. In fact, that's one of the five uh, pillars upon which Campaign for Liberty is based. You know, his the organization he started after uh, winding down his presidential campaign in 2008, non-intervention. That's what he has talked about for his lifetime. And uh, and, and, and now, and because war has everything. War has propaganda, censorship, buying, crony contracts, money printing, skyrocketing spending, debt creation, central planning, everything that bad about us. Uh, um, about the uh, surveillance state comes to pass when you have a war to fight against others. That's why we had the Cold War. That's why we had the war on terror. That's why we have the war on this epidemic, right? Because when you're at war, you can do things which, which you could otherwise not get away with because the public is so pliable, so soft when it comes to war against some threat, some boogeyman. Um, and, and Ron is, is just right on the money on this, this against war. And, 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 and the current war, we have to get to that, is, is this, this uh, war against the coronavirus, right? As you know, Ron Paul is a medical doctor. He saw right through the coronaphobes as soon as they brought this war forward. He wrote this. He says, quote, the coronavirus epidemic is not the bubonic plague. It's now recognized that much of the data reported on the severity and extent of the disease was seriously flawed and misleading. The reports inevitably made it appear that the epidemic was much worse than it was. To many observers, this was more than just careless mistakes, but rather a concerted effort to spread fear and panic. This effort amazingly led to a delusional and extreme reaction by the media, politicians, public health fanatics, drug companies, national and global governments, supporters of socialism, fascism, and Marxism, all promoting the infamous lockdown, end of quote. And so, you know, so right here, man, we get to the, the core of Ron Paul's message to America. Because before leaving Washington and electoral politics, he delivered an extraordinary farewell address to Congress. Truly an extraordinary farewell address. He says, uh, uh, Lou Rockwell writes this about it. He says, when Ron first spoke to the first the so-called values voters, for example, he was booed 
that he worshipped the Prince of Peace. Do you remember that, Sam? When he got booed? Yes, but I tripled down and say I worship the Prince of Peace as well, my friend. <laughs> Me too. Well, the second time, Sam, the second time when he again made the moral case for freedom, he brought the house down. <laughs> In that address, Sam, Ron did many things. He surveyed his many years in Congress. He made a reckoning of the advance of the state and the retreat of liberty. He explained the moral ideas at the root of the libertarian message, which is non-aggression and freedom, right? Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. And he posed a series of questions about the U.S. government and about American society that hardly are ever asked, much less answered. Well, you and I would do well, we'd all do well to review his farewell address every year. In fact, I think that's something I'll begin to do, maybe in the month of January, every year when we begin the work of finding and encouraging good, wise, honest people to run for office. Well, about politics, Ron writes this. He says, quote, Achieving legislative power and political influence should not be our goal. Did you catch that? Should not be our goal. Much of the change, if it is to come, will not come from the politicians, but rather from individuals, family, friends, intellectual leaders, and our religious institutions. The solution can only come by rejecting the use of coercion, compulsion, government commands, and aggressive, aggressive force to mold social and economic behavior. End of quote. Because, Sam, Ron Paul understands that politics is downstream from culture. So we got to focus on the culture. Now, I'm not against getting good men and women in government, but we need to recognize that politics is downstream from culture. And so what we do in our families, and in culture, our homes, And culture is downstream from morality, sir. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the great thing about Ron, he did not offer his followers a spot on the federal gravy train. He didn't pass some phony bill. In fact, he didn't do any of the things we associate with politicians, and that's what, why his supporters love him so much. He's an anti-politician guy. He tells unfashionable truth. He educates rather than flatters the public, and he stands up for principle, even when the whole world is arrayed against him. Are you listening? Are you listening, folks, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? He ends of this uh, review, Lou Wright says, he says, for liberty to advance, a critical mass of the public has to understand and support it. What, and that doesn't mean, that doesn't have to mean a majority or even anywhere near it, but some baseline of support has to exist. And that's why Ron Paul's work is so important and so lasting. Sam, we've got to have a baseline support of, of, of a worship for, of God. We need to revere the true master of this land, Jesus Christ. And that's really what Ron was getting at. If we don't have that, we don't have a prayer of preserving this republic. And if you we understand really it, when it said, when Lou Rockwell at LouRockwell.com writes, Wisdom from a Master, uh, he's talking about the truths that Ron Paul teaches from Jesus Christ. Peace over war, right? Patriotism yeah. over principle or profit. And I mean principle in the financial world. But yet principle above profit when it comes to the morality principles uh, etc just a tremendous tribute to dr ron paul and wisely so speaking of ron paul he wrote an incredible column we want to tell you about as well <clears throat> iraq war diaries 
in 10 years. Truth is treason, writes Ron Paul in a latest column. This column is, is uh, posted at campaignforliberty.org, and he begins this way. He says, the purpose of journalism is to uncover truth, especially uncomfortable truth, and to publish it for the benefit of society. Because in a free society, we must be informed of the criminal acts carried out by governments in the name of the people. This is a blockbuster, Sam. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. More details on that as well as, I don't know if you know, but Ron Paul puts out a weekly uh, listen line report as well. We got that coming up on your radio. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. What if on Election Day? Director of polling at the Cato Institute on Fox News weighs in. So for Trump, he would need to win all of what we call the toss-up states. These are the states, Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Iowa, and Georgia, all states that he won in 2016. But he would need to win Pennsylvania, again, the grand prize of this election, and he would need to hold on to Arizona. But it has voted Republican in every election since 1952. And for a Biden win? So for Biden, he would just need to flip one of those toss-up states and just win Florida or Ohio or North Carolina um, and then hold on to Pennsylvania, obviously. But then he would need to hold on to the rest of the Rust Belt states, you know, Michigan and so forth. And then he would need to win some of those purple states like Arizona and Colorado. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. These long days leading up to the general election must be taking a toll on the presidential candidates. I was very happy to have the moniker of being known as Pennsylvania's third senator. I know Philadelphia well. I married a Philly girl, by the way. And by the way, I got my Eagles jacket on. He was actually wearing a Delaware Blue Hens jacket. President Trump has said he was the only president he knew that donated his presidential salary. In fact, the richest president ever, John F. Kennedy donated his presidential and 14 years of congressional and Senate salaries. Joe Biden has two events planned today. President Trump has five. Hurricane Eta is expected to gain strength over the next 15 hours as it spins in the Caribbean Sea toward Nicaragua, bringing with it devastating conditions, including high winds. The storm is moving west toward Central America at 12 miles an hour. Eta is forecast to make landfall in Nicaragua late Monday into Tuesday as a possible Category 2 hurricane. USA Radio News. 
I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby talking about an incredible column Ron Paul wrote. It's always about liberty when it comes to Ron Paul, huh, Lowell? It sure is, Sam. He talked about uh, the role that journalists play and have played historically in uncovering the way governments lie, cheat, and steal. And he talks about the great lengths they'll go to keep people from finding out the truth. That's what governments do. They want to work in secrecy, in the shadows. They don't want people to know what they're doing. So Ron mentioned Seymour Hirsch. Uh, he's the guy, you remember, who reported on the tragedy of the My Lai Massacre as in Vietnam there, as well as the horrors of Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq. Um, he continues this way. He, he writes, quote, Ten years ago last week, uh, that's why he's writing this column, by the way, because it's the 10-year anniversary of this, um, this, this WikiLeaks thing. He says, ten years ago last week, Julian Assange's WikiLeaks organization published an expose of U.S. government wrongdoing on par with the above Hirsch bombshell story. Talking about the My Lai Massacre and the horrors of Abu Ghraib prison. Well, publication of the war, uh, what he calls the Iraq War Diaries, showed us all the brutality of the U.S. attacks on Iraq. It told us the truth about the U.S. invasion and occupation of that country. This was no war of defense against the nation threatening us with weapons of mass destruction. This was no liberation of the country. We were not bringing democracy to Iraq, right? These are all the reasons we heard that we were over there in Iraq. No, he says, the release of nearly 400,000 classified U.S. Army field reports showed us in dirty detail that the U.S. attack was a war of aggression based on lies where hundreds of thousands of civilians, underline the word civilians, were killed and injured. We learned that the U.S. military classified anyone they killed in Iraq as, quote, enemy combatants, end of quote. We learned that more than 700 Iraqi civilians were killed for driving too close to one of the hundreds of U.S. military checkpoints, including pregnant mothers-to-be rushing to the hospital. They were in that number of that seven, among the 700. Well, we also learned that U.S. military personnel routinely handed detainees, quote-unquote, detainees, over to Iraqi security forces, where they would be tortured and often killed. End of quote. That's, that's basically the, 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 the centerpiece of his column right there. In other words, folks, Assange revealed the truth about the Iraqi war and helped the American people see the extent of the lies of the U.S. administrations, both Republican and Democrat. And what did we get? What did he get? What did Julian Assange get for his efforts? Well, Ron answers this question, too. He writes this. Ten years after Assange's brave act of journalism changed the world and exposed one of the crimes of the century, he sits alone in solitary confinement in a U.K. prison. He sits literally fighting for his life as if he is, because if he is successfully extradited to the United States, he faces 175 years in a supermax prison for committing so-called espionage against a country of which he is not a citizen, end of quote. So now let me take a, a quick digression and quote and describe what Assange is enduring in the words of John Pilger. 
right? This is uh, from another column by John Pilger. Now, John's a journalist who attended the extradition hearings in person. He's been there for Julian Assange over the years. And he says, he writes this, he says, quote, for months, Assange was denied exercise and held in solitary confinement disguised as health care. He once told me he strode the length of his cell back and forth, back and forth for his own half marathon, you know, in, in an attempt to get some exercise because he's been caged like an animal, right? In the next cell, the occupant screamed throughout the night. So basically sleep deprivation they're committing on Assange there. At first, he was denied his reading glasses, left behind in embassy brutality. He was denied the legal documents with which to prepare his case. He was denied access to the prison library and the use of the basic laptop. He was denied books sent to him by a friend, journalist Charles Glass, himself a survivor of hostage-taking in Beirut. He, would not, he, he could not call his American lawyers. He has been constantly, and this is the thing that gets me the most, Sam, he has been constantly medicated by the prison authorities. When I asked him what they were giving him, he couldn't say. He, he has no idea what they're giving him, but he's being medicated. In other words, they have drugged him to the point where his mental faculties are nearly gone, Sam. So now back to the column by Ron Paul. Um, he writes that those who light us into war have not been punished, not even prosecuted. They get promoted. They get rewarded. Um, and so Julian Assange published the Iraq War Diaries because, quote, he hoped to correct some of the attacks on truth that occurred before the war and that continued on since the war officially ended. Well, folks, we used to praise journalists who reported the truth, and now we torture them. We imprison them. Well, Ron ends his column with this, this uh, sobering thought, folks. President Trump has made a point of singling out the U.S. attacks on Iraq as one of the stupid wars that he was committed to ending. But we wouldn't know half of what we know, half of what of just how stupid this war was and evil it was, if it were not for the brave actions of Julian Assange and whistleblower Bradley Chelsea Manning. Journalism should not be a crime, and President Trump should pardon Assange immediately. End of quote. That's how he ends his column, Sam. Well, there you have it. And President Trump criticizes the media quite a bit and highlights a lot of what Julian is, is factually documenting with the release of these over 400,000 classified documents. No one's debating that Julian's information is true. They're just mad that he published it is the problem. And uh, President Trump could really make a difference here, but he's done nothing to date while poor Julian Assange rots. Uh, in a foreign prison, and I bring this up because now it gets worse because others are being attacked relentlessly as well. Glenn Greenwald uh, in the same similar kind of position now, just not in prison, but being abused and censored nevertheless. That's right, Sam. I thought this piece was very noteworthy given the context of the previous article. As you know, Glenn Greenwald is known for telling the truth. And yet the news organ that he co-founded just a few short years ago censored an article that he wrote last week. They refused to publish it unless he removes, quote, all sections critical of Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, the candidate vehemently supported by all New York-based
showcase intercept editors involved in this effort at suppression, end of quote. So basically, the censored article is, is based on recently revealed emails and witness testimony that raises critical questions about Joe Biden, uh, his conduct. And the editors of The Intercept also demanded that he not publish his article elsewhere, which is also a violative of the contract that Greenwald has with The Intercept. Well, Greenwald he had no problem disagree with their disagreeing with him. He only has a problem with their censoring of his article. He even invited them to publish their opinions on the same issues along with his article. Yeah, but, but they can't because the truth is not on their side, and they know it, and they either look <laughs> foolish or they don't publish, right? That's exactly right. So he went ahead and published his article at greenwald.substack.com, and, of course, it's only one or two days old. You can read it there fresh today. And, um, of course, he resigned from The Intercept. That was just over the weekend, Sam. Glenn Greenwald resigned from The Intercept. The same organization he co-founded to spread truth. They've been co-opted, Sam. The Intercept has been co-opted. That's the that's that's the blockbuster story from uh, from Glenn Greenwald. There. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So you would say the Intercept has been intercepted? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, not really. They intercepted him. But there you go. Uh, the bottom line is the question is when, where will Glenn turn up and where, you know, who's going to help publish those kind of columns and that kind of truth telling when you put Julian Assange in prison, uh, when you literally, um, you know, shut down this guy's column, jo Drudge has been primarily silenced as well. Breitbart's dead. Uh, we can go on and on and on and on. Uh, who's the other journalist that's been having trouble? Well, isn't the Ben um, uh, Swan? Uh, yeah, Ben uh, Swan got censored and shut down over the Pizzagate scenario. On one hand, they make you believe the Pizzagate's nothing. They had that, uh, in my opinion, propaganda where they busted into that restaurant and said, oh, there's nothing here. That's not the real deal at all. That was just a side, side op, side show. The truth is Pizzagate has real legs. Uh, the QAnon, who says they're sexual predators at high level of our government, uh, is true. Uh, and so that story's real, and, and um, Ben Swan literally got shut down over that story. It was off the news circuit for well over a year. He's back now to some degree, but he ain't touching Pizzagate either. We come back. Well, let's hear Ron Paul's audio update for this week. And then we got a final story with Lil Nelson to cover on your radio. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. 
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Repeat the announcement, press 1. To repeat the announcement, press 1. That's very strange, ladies and gentlemen. I'll have to work on this. This to is supposed to be Ron Paul's update press here. I don't know what's going on with that. Lowell, you want to uh, uh, finish talking about Greenwald here for a quick second? I'll try to figure this out. I don't know. Uh, my prayers are with uh, Greenwald. My prayers are with uh, Assange. My prayers are with, really, truth-telling uh, in America, Lowell. Well, that's right, Sam. Uh, I think Liberty Roundtable has been a tremendous source of truth um, throughout these these past few years. And uh, so I applaud you and Kurt and anybody, everybody who's been contributing to the success of of Liberty Roundtable. Um, This truth has to get out, and and you are a a conduit uh, for this kind of truth getting out, for the retelling of the truth that that Julian Assange is suffering for today, for example, the retelling of the truth exposed by journalists uh, around the world who get smacked down by the state. Um, and so it's so it's so important that, folks, we continue to support Liberty Roundtable so that we can continue to, to bring this message of liberty to, to the world. Amen. And speaking of supporting Liberty Roundtable, I will add this and say that, you know, when we, when, um, we talk about journalists— and their truth-telling and the necessity of that. Um, you know, I would submit to you that talk show hosts are in the same position. Talk show hosts, journalists, just modern day of telling the story. Instagram with photos. You know, whoever's willing to basically bring the truth forward and tell a story. And to do so truthfully, using the facts of who, what, when, where, why, how kind of thing. That's what really matters. And we need more of that. We need protection in doing that. Uh, and by the way, that number that I had, it was 888-322-1414. I've called that for years now. Basically, it doesn't have Ron Paul's message on it. So speaking of censoring, I don't know what happened with that. Wow, yeah, I didn't I know just that called either, it back. Right? You want to try it on your cell phone, Kurt, and see what you get? I used to call that number two all the time, Sam, but since I've uh, been working from home, I just... Uh... I just uh, been listening to the, the, uh, the uh, what is it called? Yeah, the, the Ron Paul Liberty Report. I'm wondering if maybe he uses that to uh, uh, as a substitute for his uh, his weekly message. I don't know what I liked I about know. it. It was short and sweet, and you could hear it from anywhere. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's also the same as the weekly column that he posts on CampaignForLiberty.com. And so my guess is it's probably. Um, 
the one, uh, the Iraqi war diaries of 10 years, uh, Truth is Treason. What we just discussed earlier in the broadcast here, Sam, is probably what he has on, on his radio, on his, uh, on his phone line. Yeah, Julian Assange published those because we had hoped to tell the truth, folks. He hoped to correct some of the dishonesty and the attacks on truth that occurred before the war, folks. So beware of that. Uh, anyway, all right, that's enough on that one. I, I really appreciate Ron Paul and what he's done in his life and his example and his standing up for truth. It's been really, really important. And I, you know, we need more Rons, more Lowell's, more Kurtz, more. And speaking of funding Liberty Roundtable Live, if any of you have the heart to help, fundlovingliberty.net, spread the word. Fundlibertynewsradio.com, spread the word. Uh, we're going to be doing a live hour, or I'm sorry, a live five-plus-hour broadcast tomorrow evening. That's Tuesday evening, election evening. We're going to be live with a bunch of commentators and people speaking out. Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, Lowell Nelson, Doug Weed, um, James Edwards, um, Scoop Stanton. Uh, many, many of us will be talking about uh, Walter Yerkut, talking about the elections, what it means. Will we even have a decision tomorrow night like we've had our whole lives? Or now because of the COVID and because of the Mail voting, will it be delayed for weeks? Will it hit the courts? What happens if the popular vote goes again to the Democrat, but the Electoral College goes for the Republican? Will the courts have to sort it out? What's going to happen with all that? Anyway, stay tuned. Tomorrow evening, five hours live. Plus, we'll be talking about it on your radio. Teamed up with a fundraiser. We want to raise money for LibertyNewsRadio.com. You know, I don't need your money to support my family. I work all day to support my family. But you know what? Radio is expensive. And we've got an incredible, extensive, hopeful travel schedule uh, this next year. And it costs a lot of money to take off work and be on the road. And I would hope that folks would help fund the stellar live on-scene reporting we can provide if we have the funds to do so. LibertyNewsRadio.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word donate liberally today. It's the only time we believe in liberalism is when you're donating. You know what I'm saying? All right, Utopia Envisioned. Welcome to the Socialist States of America, Lol. <laughs> this article posted at LouRockwell.com is by a fellow named Vasco Kohlmeyer. Now, Vasco is a naturalized citizen to this country and is often the case, Sam, those who come from socialist states, tyrannical totalitarian states to this land of America, are often the most keen at identifying threats to our liberty from the same sources, from the from the dictatorial totalitarian sources, and that's why. So Vasco is is this is just this sort of a citizen where he can recognize the threat facing us and and our claim to liberty here in America. So Vasco spells America with a K, America, America, right? America. And in 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 a previous column, he suggested that this. Uh, Violence in America, in reality, is an attempted neo-Marxist revolution. He says that BLM is, the, is not the ultimate cause of this crisis of urban violence. It is merely the militant wing of the Marxist movement in America. Now, I want you to listen to this, Sam. He writes this. He says, quote, Violent groups such as BLM and Antifa emerge into prominence when problems and contradictions in a society reach a critical point and the overthrow of the existing system becomes a realistic possibility, end of quote. In other words, Sam, the fact that these groups exist, you know, that the BLM and Antifa types exist, 
believe uh, that America is ready to be overrun. That's, that's absolutely sobering to me. He says this. He says, it is at this stage that the militants come to the fore and try to foment the maximum disarray possible. If they succeed in creating enough havoc, Marxist politicians who have infiltrated the government attempt a coup. If the system is sufficiently discomposed, the coup then has a good chance of succeeding, end of quote. So, so he, he writes that even though BLM is spearheading this revolution right now, their mission is only temporary. Should the revolution succeed, he writes, BLM's violent ways will no longer be needed. Once the Marxists seize power, there will be no more need for internal destabilization. The Marxists will restore order and disband BLM and any similar groups. And some of it's more militant But let's be leaders. clear. When we say restore order, we need to be very careful because we talk about restoring the republic of the traditions of the founding fathers. That's a true restoration of all things in their original uh, course. They will restore order, but what they'll do is they'll remake America and they'll restore order according to communist principles. They'll change the affairs of the nation. So let's be careful about the word restore. I get what he's trying to say. They will bring about order. But they won't be restoring anything you and I hold dear. Make no mistake about that. They will remake. They will revision. They will reorder the affairs of the nation when they bring order under their design, not ours, Lowell. And which is why this article is so chilling to me, Sam, because he uses words that commonly are, are, are revered, like order, law and order. But when he talks about law and order... His whole life experience has been a very different, has a very different perspective of law and order. He says they'll be, he's talking about uh, yeah, the, 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 you know, normal people like you and me. We, we'll be put under discipline of hard work in order to contribute to the well-being of our new society. Factory shifts from 8 in the morning till 6 at night. Required to dress and behave decently, just like their counterparts in North Korea. There will be no welfare payments, no pornography, no drugs, no rap music. Insolence, shouting, and protesting of any kind shall not be tolerated under any circumstances. The new socialist regime will move quickly to enforce morality. Up until now, the Marxists have used sexual dissolution as a means of unraveling America's moral fabric. Boy, have they done a good job of that. Zasko predicts the creation of an agency like the Department for the Elimination of Sexual Degeneracy, for example. He believes that transsexuals will be sent to labor camps and the homosexuals will be given the option of changing their behavior or being subjected to the surgical removal of their reproductive organs. And it'll all, be, it'll all be done to the guys of, look, we're going to get rid of drugs, we're going to get rid of deviants, we're going to get rid of ill-behaved people, we're going to get rid of the misfits, we're going to get rid of... And if you really study the communist order of things, it starts out kind of soft and peaceful but gets rugged quick, pretty soon blind people and deaf people and... And people uh, that may have some uh, mental uh, incapacities, those will be the unwanted. The uh, un- they shouldn't be allowed to live. They certainly shouldn't be allowed to reproduce, etc. And they'll they'll go right on down the same eugenics rabbit hole they've always gone down. This is the future if we don't stand up and turn to God right away, ladies and gentlemen. No more black privilege under the American Stasi regime, to be sure. He fully expects that not long after their victory, the American Marxists will start dealing with what they call the Negro question. If the history of socialist states is any guide, gulag-type establishments will be set up for black people. 
And what about the rich people who pay off politicians nowadays? Well, Vasco writes this. He says the rich will be another demographic to be put on the chopping block. It is truly astonishing to watch so many of them trying to play along today. They think that their donations and odious virtue signaling will win them the good graces of the barbarians. They think pandering will get them off the hook, but they are sadly mistaken. The rich are among the first to go after a successful leftist coup d'etat. They are the obvious target because they have what everybody wants. And because with their wealth, they can upset the apple cart if they get a mind to if they catch it early enough. Exactly. So in socialist regimes, there is no reliable system of property rights or protection. Wealth is freely taken from those who have it by those who are in power. And finally, Sam, the woke will get cleaned up. Just like in North Korea, all their laptops, their screens, their handhelds, and so forth will be confiscated, and they'll be duly dispatched to work. Their hair will be restored to their natural color. The rings from their noses, tongues, and other body parts will be ripped out, and they'll be issued groovy brown uniforms in which to pass their diligent days. The screen-addicted junk food weaklings will be put under vigorous exercise regime to strengthen their enfeebled bodies and minds. Now, here we get a glimpse of Vasco's life experiences. He, he writes this, quote, Under socialism, we used to have massive sport events called the Spartacus, or Spartacus. It was a compulsory program whereby we were forced to rehearse collective athletic routines and then perform them in stadiums so that the system could show off its healthy, glorious, communist youth, end of quote. Well, he concludes his column this way, Sam. It is truly tragic that we've been allowed the hard, that we've allowed the hard left to push all kinds of perversions and inanities into the minds of our young people. A society that allows such things inevitably lands up confused and soft and becomes an easy target for takeover. The Marxists now feel that the chance has come. The question is whether we are still capable of enough clarity and moral resolve to stop them, Sam. Kurt Crosby, your famous line is perfect right now. He set you up perfectly, sir. Other than that, it's not so bad. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to pray on your knees to the Almighty God. You need to get up and worship the Prince of Peace actively. You need to advocate for peace. You need to teach that all children are children of God, and we should treat each other as such. And the sacred cause of liberty is on the altar. Shall we save her? I pray that we do. God save the Republic of the United States of America with a baby. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt. Starts, I should say, continues now. This is hour two of two. This is the broadcast for November the second in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty. Promoting God, family, and country. Protecting life, liberty, and property. That's who we are. That's what we do. LibertyRoundTable.com. LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Tell the tale. Donate liberally today, would you please? Dr. Scott Bradley now with us to preserve the nation, his goal, and his collegiate series. 
You can check it all out at freedomsrisingsun.com, including his weekly webinars and a whole lot more. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live again, sir. Thank you very much, and I hope everybody's having as lovely a fall morning as we have in my neck of the woods. It couldn't get more beautiful, could it? It is absolutely gorgeous, and we're we're a couple of degrees above freezing, so, uh, you know, hey, for this time of the year, what can you ask for? Amen to that, but it's sunny and clear and beautiful, though. Yes, indeed. I don't mind (laughs) the cold weather when the sun's out. It's not too bad. It's when it's super cloudy and cold. It's rough. When the wind starts kicking up, but when it's well, sunny, it's, it's on nice. the wind. The wind has a bite in it when it gets down there. You know that wind chill factor is what does it. But uh, I think the clouds add a variegation to the skies that add uh, some beauty to the well. God's handiwork, you know, His artwork in the skies oftentimes is uh, it's quite spectacular too. But, but the wind does when it bites through to the skin. You have to say, "Ooh." It's chilly today. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, speaking of the night skies, though, that's one thing that former generations uh, always used to kind of pay attention to and par- keep an eye on, whatever you want to say, and, and watch the night sky and marvel about it, and it helped people contemplate their characters and their lives and who they were and their relationship to a greater being than themselves, and they'd kind of understand how small they are, but yet, you know, if you'd be still long enough, you'd realize that, hey... Uh, we each, as individuals, have an importance as well, and the great master of this of this spacious universe uh, and beyond uh, loves us and knows us and is intimately involved in our lives. He's not a deist. He didn't just wind up the earth clock and then jettison for greener pastures or anything like that. He stood for what is right, pastures, I'm sorry, stood for what is right, doing all that he can, right? Um, he's involved in our lives. He's an active and a loving God, with all the attributes that he gave us in his image. And I, and I think that's something that we've really lost a lot of in our society, Scott. Indeed, we have the majesty of his creations, uh, and that well, that was very much part of the great renaissance, uh, the, the recognition of order in the universe and everything. By the way, just yesterday we came off Daylight Savings Time, and uh, just as a little side note, I'm personally of opinion that uh, that standard time is God's time. I'll tell you why. I I teach many young people, well, old people if they're interested too, how to tell time from the Polar Star and the Big Dipper. And uh, if you know the way to do that, you will also know that during daylight savings time, you have to subtract an hour from your calculation. So we have gone back on the universal time, called God's time, called the universe's time, as we've left uh, daylight savings time, and, and we don't have to subtract that hour anymore. So it's kind of an interesting thing that the universal, um, you talk about the majesty of the sky, nobody looks at that anymore, but you can tell time using the polar star and the Big Dipper, but uh, if you're on daily savings time, you have to subtract an hour from your calculation. So there you go. Yeah, we're we go back man's, right way, man's way or God's way. Arizona always stays with God's way there now. So, you know, that's an interesting note. I wish we could it jettison is. that big time. Hey, man, we got great <laughs> news. Kirk Crosby, you with us, buddy? You can't skip out on this story, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley. Kirk Crosby made the news. Did you see it? I did, you mean the the one about his uh, uh, political involvement and the uh, memorabilia on the uh, campaign and yeah, all that kind of man. stuff? I did see that. I all read right. that. That was headline. He's, he's uh, duly famous now. Amen. Headline on this one mm-hmm. says: "Big flags on big trucks." What these displays say about the upcoming election? Trump supporting K 
caravans are traversing cities across America. Erica Evans writes this uh, in what, Deseret News? Is that where it is, Kurt? Yes, sir. So not mm-hmm. only did Kurt make the news, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he uh, made the biggest newspaper in the state of Utah as well. You know, I, I think it's the only newspaper left with the uh, the uh, straits that have fallen upon newspapers, but it is indeed the biggest one and has been around since about 1850. But yeah, and um, you know that it's going away. They're not even printing daily. By the end of the year, they're going to start weekly, right? Man alive, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, true story. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad Both thing, them. but... The uh, Tribune and the Deseret News are going to be doing the weekly version. Uh, you know, that's what's coming up. You know, let me just make a parenthetical remark. You know, these Trump, I don't, what are they calling them, Kurt, anyway, these, these caravans? Is that it? Trump they call them Trump trains. Trump, Trump trains. trains, okay. We see yeah. these things, and, and it is astounding to me um, the enthusiasm that many of his supporters have, and, and uh, I heard a. <laughs> One commentator, uh, wag, if you will, saying that yeah, Biden comes up and waves at five or six parked cars and calls it a uh, a rally, you know, and it's kind of like, holy cow, the the people that are taking the message uh, surely have a, a major enthusiasm. If that translates into performance on election day, I think it's going to be a major difference from what many pollsters are saying now. Amen to that. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. I found myself in the middle of a couple of Trump trains rolling just recently over the last couple of days. We're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, man, before you know it, ahead of us and behind us, there's Trump train going on. There's people everywhere, and you know they're saying honk if you're for Trump, and everybody's honking, and I mean, it's just going on. It got so bad, they were having a Trump train outside of a Biden rally. And this is part of one of the discussions that I want to talk about here today. You know, uh, the Trump train outside the rally, they were honking and having a good time. The problem is it was disrupting Biden's rally. And uh, well, that's so a sad note. They're, they're very, <laughs> it, but it wasn't intentionally to disrupt, that it just happened to be outside, right? Well, I'll tell you why it's sad. Because if people could have heard what Mr. Biden was saying, his tangled tongue may have dug him a deeper hole. You got I don't that know. right. <laughs> anyway, I want to get back to uh, Kurt in this article. But before we do, the Trump trains, though. So here's what happens. They criticize um, Donald Trump for his tart words towards people. They say he offends people. He rips apart women and people of color. And, I mean, he's just unkind to people. And he's just, I mean, he's, he's out of control. But here's the thing. Did you know that Biden regularly trashes people, too? So did Hillary Clinton. Remember the famous Hillary Clinton deplorable comment? Well, indeed, and and one of the ones that just popped into my mind when you said that was the individual that was uh, talking to him about Second Amendment. I mean, this guy's, you know, uh, uh, one of supposedly one of the Biden faithful in terms of you know the the blue collar workers that have always been Democrats and everything. And I think that's greatly changed in in modern times. But but the fact of the matter is, uh, Biden just tried to eviscerate him. He challenged him. He he challenged his intelligence. His his even. His thoughts. Yeah. And, uh, it just, it just turns out that Trump's guy. better at it than, than Biden is, is the problem. But they beat up Trump every day for it. But when Biden does it, it's no big deal. Let me give you two examples. When Biden speaks, he regularly attacks Trump supporters. He insults them, ladies and gentlemen. Just last week, Biden called Trump supporters chumps. 
Now he calls us ugly folks. So when he did at the rally, when the hunkers were disrupting and stuff like that, he goes, yeah, all those ugly folks over there. And they were ugly because they were disrupting his deal. And I just find that interesting that the mainstream press doesn't capture any of that. But I digress. I wanted to mention that. And then I'm going to get to um, Elder Dallin H. Oaks' comments in contrast to Joe Biden's in a second. But before we do, let's finish this discussion about Kurt Crosby in the news. Um, Not only was Kurt in the news, but it was a fairly good article for the most part. Erica Evans wrote it. I think she was, for the most part, fair, don't you, Kurt? Yeah, I think so, which, you know, I find... um, I told her I used to subscribe to the Deseret News. Uh, Yeah, you know, kind of shocking. Um, But, um, you know, I I thought it was, uh, you know, kind of standard because you look at... uh, this kind of uh, entity that's typically what I'd call a pro-Romney uh, source of news, uh, or in other words, uh, kind of an anti-Trump, um, you know, it's still Republican, whatever that kind of establishment Republican. And yet, um, you know, her big question to me was, uh, what's all this about, you know? And it made me think of the days of Ron Paul, and I mentioned that, but she didn't you know, insert that into the story. But I'm, um, it made me think of the days around Paul when they asked him, well, what's going on? I mean, why, why are everybody showing up to these events and uh, you're getting all this money? He said, well, freedom is popular. And, um, you know, that is the bottom line. Uh, some people don't want to be locked down. They want to have, uh, you know, their money and uh, they want to have freedom. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, so her column I thought was quite good. I don't think it was perfect. There were a few lines that I didn't really appreciate, but for the most part, it was very kind. And it did talk quite a bit about, you know, what's happening. And it talked about uh, Kirk Crosby uh, selling honey on the corner. So, you know, in a way, it kind of promoted his business. Big flags on big trucks. What these displays say about the upcoming elections. Trump supporting caravans are in cities everywhere. It was fairly kind. It wasn't an abusive article. I, again, there's a few phrases I didn't really like very much. But I would say for the most part, it was a very um, well-done article. I got to give thanks to Erica about this. And you say, Sam, wait a minute. Aren't you talking about how Joe Biden is being abusive to people? Yes, I am. Well, then why are you talking about Kirk Crosby in this nice story? Because there's a contrast in America that I want to highlight. Are you one of the folks that are creating vitriol and hatred and anger and hostility and assaults and and offenses? Or are you one that are bringing people together? Might that be our question today, gentlemen? Liberty Roundtable, live. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets, Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle-class or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000.
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live. Big trucks, big flags. Kirk Crosby's in the middle of the biggest newspaper in the state of Utah. A couple of quotes yeah, I want to they, highlight from this article. Erica Evans does a pretty good job, Kurt. That's right. Uh, she talks about something called the vexillologist, I guess is how you'd say it. Um, and I'm like, what in the world is that? But um, the, she says it's people who study flags. Well, anyway, I... Uh, Kind of vexed me with Well, that hold on. Phrase. They study flags, but, um, but they study the association of people relating to flags and how the people use flags and what the intent of the heart and the intention is and the symbolisms and everything else. It's more than just flags. It's flags and, and people and their associations with the flag, right? Yeah, and there's a, what they call the North American Vexillogical Association. Um, you know, I suppose there's a vexillogical uh, um exam you can take and maybe you get a vexillogical degree uh, maybe dr scott bradley knows about that but anyway uh you know she talks about this uh you know guy that she checked in with uh, scott gunther he's a professor emeritus at san jose state university and a board member uh, for the flag heritage foundation and the flag research center couple more things I didn't know existed, uh, said flags are typically associated with nations, peoples, and militaries more than any other way of expressing who you're voting for, like a yard sign or a button. A flag might be seen as a reflection of a person's identity. Uh, it says, uh, for John Hartvigson, Salt Lake City resident and the immediate past president of this group, this Vexillogical Association, this year's unprecedented display of political flags is a sign of how divisive the election has become. Uh, he goes on to say, the emotional impact of flags is extremely great. The stars and stripes are big in the United States because they are a symbol that represents our unity, which is the opposite of what these caravan flags represent. They definitely represent what divides us. Um, so that's that's now, the part that I kind of disagree with here. Covering that isn't really true. I don't believe that our flag divides us, and I don't believe that supporting President Trump divides us. That's really, in my opinion, one of the genius pieces of America. It doesn't have to divide us is the key point. Before you continue, well, do you want to respond and, to that, Doctor? Yeah, good. You know, I, I don't want to leave uh, the, the uh, kind of train of thought you're talking about, but I will take a corollary path for just a moment, if I could. Um, I think Americana art, for example, I, it comes to mind. You think of Norman Rockwell, uh, for example, and, and his 
classic images of America. I mean, the whether it's a, a Thanksgiving dinner or a baseball game or a Manning court or there was uh, kids in, in school. or I mean, you pick almost anything you want that was from the images of America in the days that he did this. I mean, I'm looking at one right now. I just looked it up real quickly. A cop sitting next to a little kid on a um, uh, stool uh, at the um, fountain, you know, uh, talking to each other. I mean, we had... Uh, at one point, images of our country in our mind, and flags obviously are very much part of that, but um, there was a reinforcing of the common man, the the things of the the feelings of daily life that, that made America a vibrant, warm uh, kind of existence. And there's been a starkness been put on. Now, of course, I go back in a lot of things I do, and I look at a lot of the artwork, the heroic artwork that dates back to the founding of the nation. And, and, I, and I think what a tragedy it's been. Just pause sometime during the day and give thought to the images that are portrayed constantly. Now, they're stark. They're, they're conflicts oftentimes, broken windshields and overturned cars and burning stores, whatever, you know, that, that, that's promoted. And I contrast that to what has historically been the Americana view of, of the common man, the common woman, the children, the, the, the things that made America a, a family and a, I mean, not just family family, which is absolutely important, but, but we were Americans. And you go back to George Washington's farewell address when he talks about the Appalachian, you know, our, our, our name, American. Oh, what that can bring to our hearts. And that has been uh, eviscerated by the Marxist views that are, that are based upon conflict. In, upon, other, words, in other words, all things used to denote the morality, the safety, and the peace that America stood for, provided, believed in, that was in the hearts and the souls of the American people. Now it denotes quite the contrary, doesn't it? It absolutely does, and I think, you know, what Kurt's involved in here is is something that, instead of being conflict, like it's, people try and put it out, it's, uh, it's, it's something that says, hey, you know what, we're, <laughs> we're enthusiastic about this. But what we have today is, is given largely in the mainstream uh, blather, uh, something that, that's based upon the Marxist view that everything's in conflict, men and women, Religion against religion, race against race, uh, socioeconomic, labor and management. You pick any potential group set, and they try and pit them in, against each other. And that's what's worked all the time to overthrow society. If you go back to the French Revolution, I mean, and come forward through all of the revolutionary things. I've got a chapter on my book called All Revolutions Are Not Created Equal. And, um, and, and we compare and contrast how... The American Revolution was bound together with a love of God and family and country, and uh, the, the unifying symbols were the Liberty Bell and the flag and the, you know, the idea of of uh, this nation, one nation under God, kind of thing. And that, you know, has evolved over time. But, but the fact is, the the revolutions, or the French Revolution, it was a, a revolution An of separation, disaster. There's no it doubt about it. And that's why we. 
That's why we stand <laughs> against revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration because revolutions, you know, they don't turn out very well 99.99 whatever percent of the time. We've got to be very careful with that indeed. If you want to get Dr. Bradley's book, by the way, it's called To Preserve the Nation. You can get it at freedomsrisingsun.com. Spread the word. All right, Kurt, go ahead and continue because this is really important. Very good, Sam. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, she goes on first. She's kind of putting the, uh, you know, expert that's saying that uh, this is all dividedness. And then, uh, you know, she quotes kind of a normal guy. His name is Brian Owens, 52 years old and an account manager from Brigham City. She says uh, he didn't organize the I-15 Trump train with the intention of dividing people. Rather, he wanted to bring like-minded people together to exercise their First Amendment rights. He led the charge in a silver Denali with an American flag on top and Trump flag below. He said the turnout exceeded his expectations. There were people waiting on on-ramps and cheering from overpasses. More than 200 people participated as drivers or passengers in the train, according to Owens. He said, I was taken aback. Um, I feel like it's a groundswelling of average people who don't feel they have a way to express themselves, and these trains give them a chance to get out and be part of something bigger than themselves. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, she goes on to talk about some she of the national ones. talks about a man ones. named Jensen, too, Kurt. And uh, Jens, Jens, Jensen basically says, hey, you know, we all have jobs. We can't go out and loot and protest. And so this is our way. Jensen planned to buy a flag that said uh, Trump 21 or Trump 2020, no more bull. And anyway, it goes on. But the point that I'm getting at is this guy's highlighting we don't go out and protest and violence and, and all these things. He makes it sound like we don't have jobs, so we or we do have jobs, so we can't go do that. But we wouldn't do that anyway, I think is the, the salient point here to understand. Okay, these people are uh, being very kind. Now, then they, they go on to this idea that there's a ton of paraphernalia for Trump issuing strong language, Kurt. Well, that's right. And these people, by the way, selling that um, literally came here from New Orleans. Um, and so they're basically set up right next to where I typically set up selling honey and and uh, my trump flag said make america great again those are the ones that we've sold you know more a uh, hundred or more of them and uh you know so they didn't have any of the the frosty language um on them uh and so uh you know anyway the bottom line is uh she showed up on saturday in this parking lot where i was setting up and that's where she asked me these questions and she was, you know, citing some some of the different flags um, that were there, and, you know, and then uh, talked about some of the, uh, you know, different things that she sees. And I, you know, she quoted me saying, uh, people are glad to see it. Uh, you can't find this stuff at Macy's, Walmart, or Target. You know, the bottom line is uh, the big stores, you know, they're chicken of even touching the whole... Uh, yeah, now she brought up know, in Kurt's defense. This is why I say she's being fair. Then she yeah. says Kurt sells these flags and everything temporarily in addition to his hunting for the election cycle. And then she says, but, you know, uh, Kurt Crosby's uh, paraphernalia avoids the crude language. And uh, anyway, I, I really appreciate that because I think that really tells who's who that, hey, all these people there aren't the same. Yeah. All right? People are glad hey, to Kurt's see it. A, <coughs> Kurt's a slice of Americana in and of himself, and I take my hat off to him. Who sells honey 
at a service station. And, I'll tell, you, and I'll tell you this right now. Kurt also says, people are glad to see it. You can't find this stuff at Macy's, Walmart, or Target. Amen to that. Hang tight, folks. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. President Trump is scheduled to hold five rallies in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin Monday. His Democratic rival Joe Biden is expected in Pennsylvania and Cleveland, Ohio. We have a president who's given up. I'll never give up, nor will America give up. We'll never wave the flag of surrender. We're going to beat this virus. The truth is, to beat the virus, we first got to beat Donald Trump. He's the virus. Trump campaign advisor Kaylee McEnany responds on Fox News. We reduced the mortality rate by 85 percent, created a vaccine in record time by the end of the year. Therapeutics that work, the greatest testing system in the world. That's what this president did with the novel virus. What did Joe Biden do with the swine flu? Joe Biden stopped testing, cut off testing, did not deliver a vaccine in time and survived through the swine flu because of mere fortuity, according to his chief of staff. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with balance of nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. The presidential election is about the 270 electoral college votes. Without that, there is no White House. With a high volume of early voters across the board, smaller electoral states will have more power this election, according to Wallet Hub study. Alaska, Iowa, and Ohio have the power to determine the outcome. Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, and the jewel, Pennsylvania, have the most chance to put their candidate over the top. An original American Idol contestant has died. USA Radio News' Val Dior has more. Nikki McKibben was on AI back in 2002 when the show exploded in popularity. She made it to the finals, finishing behind Justin Gorini and winner Kelly Clarkson. Those closest to Nikki confirmed she died of a brain aneurysm. They say she'd been on life support and was surrounded by family when she passed at the age of 42, and that she was an organ donor as well. From the Texas USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Val Dior. USA Radio News. I don't even know how to respond to this. We talked about how Joe Biden assaults people left and right. and The mainstream press doesn't call it out. Right on the bottom of the hour, he just called Donald Trump the virus. Listen to this. To beat the virus, we first got to beat Donald Trump. He's the virus. 
So now the former vice president just calls the president of the United States a virus. He's the virus. Wow. Anyway, we digress. We'll get to that in just a minute in more detail. Uh, but, Kurt, I, I want to highlight um, what was said um, about you in this incredible article about you, by the way. Very good. Very well done. She did a good job for the most part. But I disagree with her idea saying, hey, you know, these Trump stuff divides everybody. It's not really fair or true. Uh, I agree with the idea that it's the First Amendment. People are gathering together. People feel like they're part of something. People feel like they can channel their frustrations not in a violent way, but in a productive, cheerful uh, way. And I like that. I like that your flags and your uh, Trump paraphernalia doesn't have any salty language on it. Uh, but then she continues with uh, some of uh, your comments uh, and about you, which I think is really well done. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, she says, uh, Crosby believes the mainstream media downplays support for Trump. It's one of the reasons, he says, people feel the need to gather together and show their approval. Um, and, you know, I believe that's a big reason for these Trump trains and then the people showing up to these rallies. Don't you, Sam? Yeah, and it's a big reason we're on the radio, though. That typifies the whole reason that we're in the media, not just Trump. Trump's just a piece of the point, right? Well, exactly. And and if these media entities, you know, like, for example, the Deseret News and, you know, so many others um, were really providing the news to the people, I think they would still have the support of the people. But you see them basically cutting back right and left. And and as you would always say, the new media is continuing to take center stage. Right, Sam? Amen to that reality check. Now, I wanted to really highlight that that uh, article because I believe that it was a fair article for the most part. Uh, it wasn't perfect. I told you where I kind of disagreed with it or I thought it wasn't quite is the way I think it truly is. But I know this. She did her best to not attack Kurt Crosby and to not attack people. Okay, And she has a right to her own opinion uh, as well. But when she said, hey, Kurt doesn't have the salty language, and then she literally put in a an appropriate quote from Kurt about, hey, why Kurt believes the Trump rallies are rolling and the Trump trains are rolling and all that. I think it was pretty good. And uh, so anyway, that, in my opinion, uh, needs to be a key component of what we understand. Look, we're not out rioting. We're peacefully honking and waving the flag. And it is part of our identity. It is part of our culture. And as Dr. Bradley wisely points out, that used to be who America was. This idea that we're a moral people, everything that you saw and heard denoted a moral people who believed in God, who understood God's laws and uh, were self-governed by the Ten Commandments of God and didn't need a whole lot of government or force to keep people in check. Now, in contrast to Biden literally calling Donald Trump a virus on the campaign trail, I want to refer to a, uh, a speech that Elder Dallin H. Oaks, he's uh, one of the 12 apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he spoke to a Brigham Young University um, event. And Elder Dallin H. Oaks repeats call to root out racism. He says, unite in Christ. Don't spend time quarreling over the past, but improving the future. I think this is really what I want to uh, highlight and focus on, Dr. Bradley. You know, we don't want to down the founding fathers for the mistake they made or the societies they were born into or whatever else. Or the mistakes America made with regards to slaves or the Indians. There's no doubt America's got some, got some stain on her uh, over the decades and over the years. Part of it um, took a while to stamp out and rid ourselves of. There's no doubt we're far from perfect. 
But we better not quarrel over the past and destroy the future. We better be grateful for the contributions of those in the past, despite their faults, who have made tremendous sacrifices so that we could be free today. And it's up to us to carry that legacy on and unite about the principles that make America great and about education regarding what can ensure that for our future, sir. You know, it's interesting to me that um, uh, many of the nation profess Christianity. And one of the most magnificent elements of Christianity is this principle of repentance. And, uh, you know, I think every mortal that's honest with themselves, you know, the Scripture talks about those that say they have no sin, really error, but uh, virtually everybody, and, and I, I, I would say everybody that's reached the age of accountability, except for the Savior that's walked on this earth, has need of, of uh, that grace that comes from Christ. And uh, his you know, uh, magnificent atonement and all those kinds of things. But but that principle of repentance allows a new beginning. It allows uh, a new kind of a renaissance to happen in people's hearts. And and my position always is, uh, and, and it can be a mistake a child makes or, or something the more egregious by an older adult uh, that, you know, sometimes the bigger we get, the bigger <laughs> our flaws. And, and 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 they can be so heavily weighing upon us that they become also, I mean, almost a kind of a, a point of breakdown. So so people are paralyzed and can't even move uh, because, oh, ain't it awful? I've done blah, 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 whatever it is. And I, I really truly believe that one of the most magnificent things that Jesus Christ offers to all of us is that clean slate, if you will, through his uh, atoning sacrifice. So... That can apply to individuals, to you know, families, to congregations, to nations even. And I think that, that the point ought to be, what are we going to make of it from this time forward? If, in fact, there have been stumblings and bumblings and all those kinds of things in the past, and goodness knows we can take forever focusing on that, I prefer rather to focus on how can we build that great improvement. You know, we build on the good, on a sound foundation, and we, we go forward from there without uh, hesitation. But we acknowledge, we acknowledge the bad in an effort to never repeat it. Right? That's important, too. We don't want to dwell on it, but we need to acknowledge it and make sure we don't repeat it, for sure. Uh, and, and But the point that you're making and the point that Kirk Crosby made, I believe, in this article, and the point that um, Elder Dallin H. Oaks of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is making is that, hey, you know what? We want to unite, not divide. And it's interesting how in the article they said, oh, yeah, the goal is to divide. And then the guy's like, wait a minute, I'm the one that put the Trump rally together. My goal is not to divide anyone. I'm, and so this is where I kind of think that, that their divide efforts oftentimes are unfair. We say Donald Trump is, you know, unkind to people. And oftentimes he is. And, you know, his wife's helping him with that. Her Be Best campaign is an attempt to jettison that narrative. Uh, but, you know, Joe Biden continues it. Hillary Clinton considers it or, you know, from the deplorables to calling Donald Trump the virus to but the mainstream press doesn't call it out. And I really think it's up to us to take back the narrative and to truly say, hey, we are followers of the Prince of Peace and there is no other way to restore America to its former greatness. As Dr. Bradley so eloquently articulated about, hey, everywhere denoted 
everything that you saw and heard denoted there is a God and he loves his children. And we as Americans are united in keeping his commandments. And as we keep his commandments and are a self-governed society, we don't need massive government. We need a you very know, limited government, doctor. I uh, I remember an old adage uh, or a story, I guess it would be, uh, I'd heard, I probably heard this when I was a teenager. <laughs> so it's been around a long time, probably a lot longer than you know I've heard it. But, uh, you know, the, this um, young couple, the, the wife wanted to have kind of an airing ceremony with, with her husband to kind of get things on the table and and uh, she said, we ought to talk about what we find uh, that, that we'd like the other person to, to improve on, to, to fix, that they, their flaws and everything like that. And she said, let me start. And, and she put out her litany of, of the issues that she thought her new husband needed to polish up in his life. And she said, now it's your turn. And he says, I absolutely think you're perfect. <laughs> and uh, it kind of took this, the wind out of her sails, recognizing that he kind of had a pretty high regard for her, and, and if, if she had faults, he had overlooked them. And honestly, I think that that's more how relationships ought to be. And uh, and, and honestly, I think back of when when uh, we got married, we uh, I, I thought, heavens, I'm in heaven. This is heaven, to have the relationship I've got. And I, I, I never felt that life could be so good. But if we look for the good, if we seek for the good, if we're trying to promote the good, Instead of this constant drag down with all of everything that we get, and, and the media is largely fostering this constantly, and, and, and people feed off of it until society looks like it's unraveling at every seam. But I think we need to try to build on the good, the positive, and look forward to the future and make that which we are bringing to this world, to this life, uh, make it a better place. If we, if whatever we leave it, whenever we leave it, uh, we, we could have left our fingerprints on something that's uh, a little bit uh, more on the positive side. We're going to talk about it more with Kirk Crosby and Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. FreedomsRisingSun.com is website. LovingLiberty.com for around-the-clock radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives our liberties, our faith. To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. 
We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm by a friend of Mechagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, the calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, Sam uh, occasionally uh, feels the need to... uh, I guess relax a little bit, and so uh, you know, you know me, he tells so me I'm supposed to just kind of start this thing off for you, this segment, and uh, we hope you listen to the announcements in the uh, interim there as well as, or or take the opportunity to uh, do whatever you need to. But we one thing we want to always say um, is how much we appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Um, and of course, we say that to the guests uh, who educate and inform us on a regular basis. Dr. Scott Bradley uh, is a great example of that. Um, but, uh, of course, without you, ladies and gentlemen, we couldn't do, uh, well, we couldn't do what we do. And so we appreciate your accompaniment. Um, as we uh, move forward, Sam, uh, what was it that you wanted to go over now? Well, I just wanted to focus a little bit more on this idea about, you know what, what's going to save America is uh, this idea that we jettison the quarrels of the past. We jettison the mistakes made by the past, but yet never forgetting them, understanding them and acknowledging them, but yet uniting for the future. This is what, um, in my opinion, Dallin H. Oaks was speaking of. This is what we speak of on the radio. This is really what your line in this article highlighted that, hey, people feel disenfranchised, but we're not going out and rioting and pillaging and plundering and, and all this stuff and destroying property. What we're doing is peacefully, uh, you know what, uniting together in a cheerful way, we're supposed to be of good cheer. And in, the, in this cheerful way, we're advocating what we believe to be the solutions to protect and restore and bring back uh, the things that made America great, as Dr. Bradley so eloquently talked about. You know, you used to look around and everything denoted this reality. Uh, and, and now it's uh, sadly, what, 180 degrees? And so I just wanted to give you a chance to, to speak to that and then have Dr. Bradley continue the discussion here. Well, and it seems so much to me, Sam, uh, you know, as the country bumpkin kind of way that I have a looking at things, um, it seems like the phrase make America great again really emphasizes all of that. It doesn't mean great again just for white people or purple people or pink people or whatever. It means make it great for everybody and and uh, so i don't under really understand the whole uh, opposition to that kind of thing and i see these uh, events you know like uh, the president uh, was talking at one uh, you know over the weekend uh, it's kind of hard to say which one because he's just in, all over the place uh, seems like and uh, you know he said uh, there's never been anything like this uh, anything like this has ever happened in the history of politics, probably any other history. And I don't have a guitar, he says. Uh, you know, he's talking about the big crowds, you know, that normally would show up at a rock concert or something. And, you know, and then he says, uh, they don't get crowds like this. Nobody gets crowds like this. And then he says, 
You know what gets crowds like this? Making America great again. And, uh, you know, the the bottom line is, uh, you know, he's willing to do all that. Uh, and he says, uh, or the article from Breitbart says, the president battled gusting winds, snow flurries, and cold temperatures in Michigan as he continued to make his case for election in Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia, and finally in Florida. At least it warmed up down there, but um, didn't say anything about him battling the swamp monsters. But that's uh, one of the main things that, we're all hoping that he keeps doing, right, Sam? Absolutely. Doctor, you want to speak to this? You know, I, uh, I like to teach with compare and contrast examples. And uh, uh, today's educational system and, and our media system, our political system, is all the chaos theory system. Uh, you know, it's based upon the Big Bang Theory, the, um, the you know, one mutation clawing against another one to ultimately ending up with us. And the idea that everything is a jumble and, and uh, God doesn't have anything to do with anything. And uh, and it, that, that is what is promoted constantly within society, in, the, in all the organs of society, I guess I should say. Hopefully each one of us has a, a better, more stable platform than that to operate on. But what was the founding of this nation was not a chaos theory, but it was a, a creator theory. There was a, there, and in fact, the whole Renaissance, we've talked about the Renaissance a couple of times, at least mentioned it, and, and how in the universe there is order, there is a creator, there is purpose. And the founding fathers focused on that through their mentors, if you will, that brought forth a nation that, uh, that you know, was scripturally based, if you will, upon God-given rights and everything. And so here we have uh, everything in society is based today. And, and we foster this in the uh, churches of the humanists called our public education systems from the youngest age and in our political systems and everything. And it, it is really everything running around, bumping into each other, crashing and burning and everything else like that, and no way it awful, whereas there is a divine plan. And if we can accept that and move forward with it, and I, I would guess, and I, I know without belaboring it too long, um, my position is it all boils down to we the people. We the people are responsible for not only the kind of government we get, but um, the kind of tenor we have in society. And And I hope that we the people can kind of become more exemplary in the way we do things and stop this nonsense of the chaos theory which is a relatively recent uh, in, invention, if you will, by those that want to remove all godliness from society. And uh, the, the mainstream lame brain media is right in the middle of that. I mean, you look at what happened over Halloween with, in Portland with riots and Owen awfuls and stuff, and that's what gets the big, big press instead of these, these things that are of the, mm, the better... Uh, I guess you could call it almost like a frequency of, of goodness. And I think we ought to be all seeking that in our lives. And I guess we can begin with ourselves and build in our families and take it into our communities and our congregations and ultimately and finally the nation hopefully would be better off. And I wish more people would spend more time on that instead of the owing to doffles. You know, we're told to be of good cheer, uh, Kurt as we follow the Prince of Peace. And I think, you know, there's simple words that, in my opinion, really highlight. This is not a complicated topic. We follow the Prince of Peace. That means we're for peace, not war. The Ten Commandments. There's only ten guidelines to civilized, stable societies, really. 
uh, self-governing. That means we obey these 10 guidelines and we don't need a gazillion commandments. We follow the Prince of Peace. Uh, you know what? We forgive one another. These are simple principles, but oh, so powerful. And we as a society have lost sight of this. Kurt? Well, I couldn't agree more, Sam. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, imagine a phrase, uh, you know, um, the Prince of Peace, uh, that kind of thing, the leader of uh, of us all. Uh, there, I noticed the president asked um, for uh Franklin Graham to uh, pray for him there at one of the events, uh, you know, and and to me it's, you know, um, Dr. Bradley mentioned a little bit about American Americana, and uh, you know I see these uh, guys coming in and and girls uh, of all ages uh, literally coming and trying to get their uh, Trump you know, uh, support stuff as well as, you know, I mean, the American flags, uh, they're putting those right side by side. And, um, you know, what I see is people are serious about, um, the cause of freedom and, uh, and they're wanting to promote good things. Uh, you know, uh, and like you said, uh, being of good cheer, uh, looking forward to the, positive they recognize that some people may die you know in relationship with this whole virus thing uh, but the fact is uh, when we look at real numbers and real um, debate the real facts um, there's a lot of questions as to you know if if there's really that much to be locked down about um and uh, I I would argue against the whole lockdowns and more for freedom and and suggest that Americans you know kind of agree with that when you see all these uh, folks showing up at these events thousands and thousands of them Breitbart piece says thousands of motorists awaiting a Trump final Florida rally um, you know and big strongholds for the Democrats are showing just huge amounts of uh, people showing up to vote that never voted before sam and so it's a pretty big deal uh mark uh who's the guy from ohio the guy that was a wrestler that's uh, uh it's not mark meadows there's another uh, you know congressman there that's pretty uh strong on things and he's basically suggesting that the president uh, is going to win um he didn't say landslide but it'll be a big uh you know a big margin so uh that's exactly what I expect. Uh, the president's people are coming to support him, and uh, there's a reason for that. He's been supporting Amen. them. All right, are you still predicting landslide for Trump, Kurt? Yes. All right. Uh, I don't believe it'll be a landslide for Trump, but I do believe Trump will win. Now, some are saying we're going to have an answer tomorrow night. Others are saying, oh, no, with all the mail-in vote ballots and everything else, it's going to take weeks before we get answers. Some are predicting we're going to have to go to court to resolve it, but Trump will win. Some are saying there's going to be a battle between the popular vote and the Electoral College going on. And there's all kinds of predictions all over the map. Doctor. You know, I look back at the uh, election of, of uh, Thomas Jefferson, his first term, and uh, that went on for weeks. I mean, and by the way, the court is not the solution that's constitutional, and that isn't what the Founding Fathers did initially. And uh, it's unfortunately what happened in the uh, the Gore days. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is, uh, I have read uh, Thomas Jefferson's correspondence during that extended period in which 
um, it was up in the air as to whether or not he was going to be elected or not. And uh, he was very nonplussed by the whole thing. It was like, uh, oh, hum, I suppose they'll get it figured out sooner or later kind of thing. And, and there was, sure, there was a lot of log rolling and, and acrimony going on. And, and uh, Hamilton got in the middle of it. And uh, Aaron Burr took some offense at it later. And uh, Anyway, but the fact of the matter is it got solved. And, and it should get solved, too, without blowing up in our face. And the problem I've got is that everything that's being said nowadays has got a tinge of violence in it. And, uh, you know, Ben Franklin said, let me add, there's only a virtuous people who are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. And part of the problem is the undertone and, and everything that's happening. The media makes such a acrimonious effort at everything to pit, and, and it's a Marxist philosophy that does this, to pit groups against each other until there's finally violence. And the problem is, as we become more vicious and corrupt, we need more masters, and that's what they want. And we've got to try and recognize, let's, let's, let's dial this back a little bit, make sure that our principles are correct, and let's stand with them and, and uh, make them popular again. That's what I would hope we would do. I love it. Final words, yours, Kurt. God bless America. God bless the world. And uh, let's make a reason for God to bless us by keeping his commandments and following his laws. Ladies and gentlemen, I know some are going to say you guys are just too religious for me. I understand. I'm not here to dictate what you do, but I'm telling you right now, this nation is only fit. For a moral people, a people who live by God's law, a law greater than government, eternal law is what I call it, and those who obey that law and are self-governed deserve a constitutional republic. Those who live beneath their privileges, if you will, beneath their godly heritage, will lose the very thing they seek for. Ladies and gentlemen, for Dr. Bradley, Kirk Crosby, and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States.